Good evening, juniors. Since this is our 13th episode, I decided to add a Halloween special. Tonight's episode includes The Certainty, a short horror story written and read by me, Mark Diaz. I want to warn you that this episode deals with suicide, so it's not suitable for all ages. If you want to continue with Reed Keeper's journey, go to episode 14. Now, back to the horror. My younger brother didn't like bathrooms. Well, truth be told, he loathed them. I asked him why once in a moment of uncharacteristic empathy. You mean you can't feel the eyes? No, weirdo. I can't feel the eyes. You will. I would rather die than admit that he scared me. No, that's not exactly true. My little brother, he didn't frighten me. Although he was an older brother's worst nightmare. All through my childhood, I was mortified by his scrawny, sensitive presence. And I would die, as only a teenager can, when mom would force me to take him along when I went out. Now, I'd give anything to see him again. I miss my little brother. No, Charlie didn't strike fear into anything. It was what he knew that scared me. His certainty terrified me. You know that look that parents give to kids when they know their hopes and dreams are in vain? You've seen it. You've probably given it. I'm going to be an astronaut someday. Or, I'm going to be a famous author. And you pat them on the head and say, that trite, you can be anything you want to be. But you know the truth. And it shows in your eyes. Charlie always had that look. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I used to try to beat that look out of him. He would give me those apologetic eyes, sorry for knowing, wanting desperately to be ignorant wanting to be like me. Those were the worst beatings I gave him, crying as I punished him for his knowledge. I remember my mom pulling me off his blackening eye and bleeding nose, screaming at me, What are you doing? He knows. He knows. I sobbed. And she held me at arm's length and said, What? What does he know? I don't know. I know now. At least, I know one thing he knew, and I would give anything to unknow it. I do know something that Charlie didn't. The vast number of deaths occur in the home. It's a fact. Look it up. I came across that juicy tidbit watching one of those weird PBS documentaries that always seemed to come on between 1 and 2 in the morning. This was long before DVRs and pay-per-views. It's called Basic Cable Kids, and you watched what was on, when it was on. The documentary was about death, and, as usual, sleep evaded me. I figured, hell, if I couldn't sleep, I might as well learn something. What a dumbass. Now, I admit that I carry a little bit of a fascination for the morbid. That innocent streak with the macabre has grown into an ugly scar since Charlie's death. 
three years have done nothing to diminish my sense of loss and worse, my sense of failure. If anything, his death had made me more attuned with the unknown. Growing up, we had a toilet that would run continuously if you didn't jiggle the handle just right. Mom wasn't a handy person, so she didn't know all that it needed was a new flapper. What she did know is that a toilet that didn't stop made the water bill go up. So if she heard it running, Charlie and I would get the belt. It didn't take long for me to train my ear for that hissing water sound and go jiggle the handle. That's how my mind works now. It notices things that don't quite fit the scene, like seeing one shoe on the side of the road, or waking up to a sound that might have been a door closing. People ask, what is the universe saying to you? I'm much more concerned about what the universe whispers when it thinks no one is listening. Maybe Charlie passed a little bit of himself to me when he died. You know, I wish I could say he should have come to me. People who know suiciders always say that they never saw the signs. Look, I'm not here to judge, but it seems people use that defense a lot. People know. People always know. Charlie showed signs of self-harm, and I took them seriously. After Mom, I swore I wouldn't lose someone else like that. So yeah, Charlie came for help, but I couldn't help him. No one could. And the memory of my brother lying cold and bled out in the bathroom will always be a reminder that I was useless to him. I was useless, and I miss him. So, as the TV flickered blue-tinged shadows on the wall, I learned that the majority of deaths that occur in the home happen in the bathroom, just like Charlie's, just like Mom's. Odds are you will die in the bathroom. Food for thought. It's a creepy morsel of information that you can hand out during a party. People will laugh, and you can expect a slice or two of teasing dish back to you. But rest assured, they'll pass along to the next party. But as I watched that documentary, I started thinking which is always a mistake between 2 and 3 in the morning. Why the bathroom and not the bedroom? You would think, or at least hope, most people die peacefully in their beds, sleeping or slipping off into oblivion during their latest binge watch. But you have to take into account the suicide factor. The majority of suicides happen in the bathroom. The world is full of cold bodies soaking in red-stained water or cooling on cheap linoleum floors. That's when Charlie's sincere question transversed the years and came unbidden to my mind. Can't you feel the eyes? I remember being seized by the words, and I felt my mind dragged aboard an uneasy train of thought. I recall thinking that maybe the spirits of suicide stay where they die, a fitting punishment for the theft of what was freely given to them. I don't believe that. I couldn't. It sounds too much like religious folklore, and I refuse to believe that Charlie had any choice in his suicide. My love for him forced me to believe it was a final solution to a lifelong conflict. But why the bathroom? What makes it different than any other room in the house? Then, I thought perhaps the material we squeeze out of our colon stains reality that maybe we weren't meant to defecate in one place all the time, 
It's not natural. And that crap that is flushed down the pipes has managed to evolve and take shape. In fact, I think I saw that in a horror flick one time between two and three in the morning. But that didn't fit the narrative. Charlie said eyes. And if there are eyes, then there are a them attached to those eyes. And everyone knows that feeling of staring eyes. Are they watching us? They? Then I felt the horrible certainty click into place. What if mirrors are windows? I remember wanting to stop thinking about it, but my mind raced on, driven by the loss of Charlie. Is there something looking at us while we look at ourselves? They watch and they hate. But why do they hate? They see us naked and gross. They watch us crapping, popping zits, pulling nose hairs, screwing. They see us before we fashion ourselves to the world outside. They watch our hypocrisy. They see us for what we truly are, and they despise us. Maybe all those suicides aren't all suicides. Maybe they found a way to slide or punch or ooze through that one-way glass and bleed someone late at night. Maybe they only whisper words into our minds that make us long to be done with life. Or perhaps the sensitive, ones like Charlie, can feel them more than the rest of us. Perhaps those who have the certainty can sense the hate and punish themselves for having the knowledge. Or maybe, with all the horridness and hypocrisy in the world today, they are growing stronger. And you don't have to be all that sensitive anymore to feel the eyes or to hear the whispers. Suicides are, after all, on the rise. So that's why that night, just before four in the morning, I pried my mirror from the bathroom wall and left the light on. Maybe I'm crazy. The mind can do funny things in those early hours. But I swear I heard a faint chorus of voices screaming in rage as I tossed the pieces into the dumpster. At least, it's easier to blame imagination when the sun's out. But I don't feel the need to take any chances. I sleep with the bathroom light on now. And I do my best not to think about anything else Charlie was certain about. And I try to live my life like a normal guy. And I'm doing fairly well. And sometimes I forget that the world is full of mirrors and suicides are on the rise. Thanks for listening to the Halloween special, Journeyers. Now go on over to episode 14 and pick up where we left off with Mike, Steve, and Bear. But first... Why don't you turn that bathroom light on and cover the mirror? Just for tonight. Don't worry. I'll be here when you get back.